0: Mikey and his magic middies. Will they get you over the line this season? Will Jake have Tedesco this week? Maxie, the consistent keeper. Ryan Hadley, Australia's next test fast bowler. Timmy, the 2020 Supercoach champion. And Saves the Newcastle. I mean, Tommy Turbo tragic. Are you ready for some football? We're ready for some football, baby. Hey, hey. All right, ready. Hey, here we go, here we go. Here.
1: You're now listening
0: to the Super Coach Experience Podcast. And welcome back to the Super Coach Experience preseason podcast with Mike and Jake, episode two. Uh, yeah, recording here, another episode today. We're going to be going over the five-eighths, the halfbacks, and the hookers. The halfbacks and the hookers might be a little bit vanilla, um, as... To be honest, yet again, we're not going to cover everything. We're going to cover the key options that we're targeting just to give a different bit of an offsite. Um, Here with me yet again, um, it's not a Mike and Jake episode without obviously Jake, the coach of uh, Kiss My Behind. So how are you, Jake?
1: Yeah, good, mate. It's uh, it's good to be back on week week two, episode two, where we're throwing these out. And um, yeah, I guess you you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, Halves and and we'll go. We're taking up three three of the four spine spots because last week we went an eternity talking about fullback. So we're we'll going on the ones that are probably a little less less exciting. But um, I, I guess I guess less less exciting because there's not that many options in terms of where you can go. But if anything's to go by by the one trial on the weekend, um, Luke Brooks is apparently going to be in everyone's team. So to be an interesting <laughs> uh, talk.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's happened right at the right time because, yes, we are going to cover the halves and hookers and we'll finish off with our third and probably our final pre-season one Till we see a, – a, we might do a bit of like a trial wrap-up and obviously um, Jake and I will probably do a TLT pod as well as Sab and Tim if we all can't get on the, the same podcast. So it just depends on uh, the timing and stuff because obviously we've technically got around zero this year. So, um, yeah, to start it all off, we're just going to go over – the main the first thing changes that you've made Jake from the last podcast I know uh, since the center wing podcast you got my mind thinking a little bit my tactics have changed a little bit I have made some changes have you made any changes since then
1: um, I can't remember what I had last week um, I, I don't think I've made many the one that I kind of made during the podcast was Tom was Tommy turbo um, sort of coming into my team but apart from that uh, I think it's It's pretty much all kept the same. So I'm fully expecting after this chat my uh, hooker and halves all to change. So that's the way it
0: goes. Yeah, I've made four changes to my side, so i made quite a few changes. Um, Some force changes. I shuffled uh, – injuries was going to be my next talking point, but um, I had Munro on my side. He's obviously come up today with that eight-week injury. And to double down on that, they got the 6 months injury to Campbell Graham. Um, so there'll be some superco ramifications here, depending on who gets a spot. Obviously, the wing spot probably goes to Tane Milne at about four forty k. Probably not an option for mine. Isaac Thompson four hundred and thirty k with the lack of cheapies definitely could be an option, and probably the third one is if they use somebody else. But I realistically think it's going to be one of them, and I think Isaac Thompson might be the lead runner. And um, at this point, I have brought him into my side just as like a just a third placeholder kind of thing, and obviously. Um, that's just because I don't want to have Bronson Cherry. So he can easily go to a guy like Bronson Cherry or two below two or Ben Trevoyevich, as some of these guys get named. I guess I just want a bit of a placeholder that's got a chance at playing around that 330 ish price. So it's not going to be hard for me to jump off or go down. Um, the Other change is I really like the Jackson Paulo chat. I've had him in my side. Um, My tactics have revised a little bit. Um, Shout out to the Ground Zero. A lot of their chat in there has made me rethink it, and I'm not sure if you've really thought about this, Jake, and I feel like um, we definitely should cover it, is the fact that we're getting two split rounds. This is the first time they've ever done it in Supercoach. So the fact that they've given us two split rounds, if you take up too much of your cap in the first week, let's just say, for example, you want to run uh, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Tom Travoyevich. You've done that and say you've used about 3.5 of your cap and you've got about six or seven players playing in that first bit. If you then go into that holding Iro Strange, and all these guys eventually uh, don't get named and there's these like, you know, you might have Kai, Kai Pierce-Paul as your starter. He doesn't get named. He goes on the bench and all of a sudden shifting your team around is going to be a lot harder if a lot of you are cap with your guns has been taken up in that first round. So I really didn't think about that and it kind of made me alter and think about how I'm going to tackle round one and also just kind of have a numbers count and see where I'm fielding. Um, have you thought about that, Jake? And if you, like, if so, how's, how's it going to work with your planning?
1: I mean, yeah, probably not as much as I should. I guess it's a pretty valid point. Um, the fact that we're going to have, I guess, a rolling trades but you can't trade out the blokes that have just played. Um, so it's a it's a wide distance and we don't know who's going to get picked. So yeah, it is something to kind of weigh up. If, if you, all your your premiums are are, are playing that first um, round and you're kind of banking on you, like you said, all these cheapies and they're not getting named, you can't go down off, say a Tom Turbo to a, I don't know, some or someone that, you know, to, to get that 200K to then spend on, on the guys you missed out on. So, I don't know, you, it's, uh, yeah, it's one to actually really think about uh, going into that first Vegas weekend.
0: Yeah, I think you'll have to lock in the mids that get picked in those first four weeks, like a Pio Cora someone I would start. And obviously, some of these mid-range options, like there's a few I wanted to talk about today because one of the changes I made is a 5'8", but we'll talk to that when we get to a 5'8". But I think, yeah, it's obviously whichever, like say for some reason, I know Ben Travoy, I might call a trap, but with the limited options, if he was to start at second row at round one, I'd prefer to have him over like an, I'd probably lock him in over an Iro. And then if Iroh was to get named, then I could go like a Chevy Stewart or an Ethan Strange down to him as I really don't trust Ricky Stewart and we don't know what's going to happen. So I think you yeah, obviously the strategy would be You've got to lock in some of those center wings or you just got to lock in the cheapies that get named in those first four weeks prior to, to others. And then, yeah, I think I'm not going to try and carry too many massively guns from those four sides. I don't really have many sitting in my side at the moment, but I kind of want to make sure that I can flex and float my team around. Like carrying someone like Drinkwater to Turbo might have a bit of upside now where if I do need to shed 150K, I could go drinky down to um, – Pappenhausen. where I won't be able to do that if I select Tom. So they're just certain things to think about if you're at two minds with the one player. Um, And I've also – we were talking about him last week, Murray Tuolangi. I've got him in my side. So I had a very cheap centre wing, and I decided to change my tactic after thinking about the split draw to start the season is the main reason I've beefed up my centre wing a little bit because I'm a little worried if I leave it too short. Come Teams Day, if a lot of these things don't fire. It's going to be harder for me to split the cash up at least now. Having Murray and Joseph um, Jackson Paulo. if I need to, I can drop down some of these guys to split the money to upgrade IRA and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, a few changes with there. I had a really dud center wing and didn't put much time into it, so I knew I'd be changing a lot. And after that pod last week, mate, there's actually – I feel like there's a lot of undervalued guys and then there's a lot of good options. And I think, yeah, it's great to stack guns in there, but I just can't do it and keep my team balanced. What about you, yeah. Jack? You're sticking with the same the same old centre wing at the moment?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I can't even remember what I had last week. I think I had um, Sawali in there. I'm pretty sure he, I've dropped him down to Jackson, Paulo. I was tossing up between those. So that, that's who I've got there at the moment. Um, and I guess having leftover cash, like we are kind of saying, to be able to get rid of these Eros, these Chevy Stewart, if he's not named, Um is, is going to be kind of key. And I guess if you've got all cheapies in there and they don't get named, you have to go up. So it's going to be quite difficult um, if you don't have someone to, I guess, be the four guy um, in that situation. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, center wings, I know you went cheap last week um, and I've got a, I've got a few, I guess, those value mid guys um, who we went, we went over quite a few of them last week. Tyrone Munro was one of them who's now gone, but I guess that frees up um, some spot, but, it's it's kind of interesting about how we kind of set up our teams, and like we've kind of only just talked about that the, the we've got a round zero into a round one that's going to add a bit more fire into the flame.
0: Yeah, one one hundred percent, man. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting leading in. Uh, let's let's go through uh, our first cab off the rank, which is 5.8, which I think we'll spend most of our time. Actually, before we do that. Just a reminder to the guys watching this live, this is pre-recorded, so we're not going to be out to answer your questions live. So don't forget when we obviously start from round one, we will be able to do that. Uh, and with the two split rounds, we'll be obviously going to be doing two wrap-ups, although we'll be wrapping up after one. I'd say with the, the Sunday, we'll be wrapping up on, on a Monday as some of us might be going to that super coach thing, which I'm sure Sabs will talk about on his pod. Um five eights. Very interesting position. Um, I, it's probably been one of my most changed positions just based on ownerships and stuff like that. Uh, my first pick guy, which uh, he's 17.5% owned. has actually dropped about 12%. It's one of the reasons I first dropped off him. Um, very popular option because they've got the good draw. It's Dylan Brown at 780K. Um, 17.5% owned, as I just said. Very good starting draw. Does cost an arm and a leg. Uh, they got something to improves. They got a bit of the comeback. I he was my first one of my was my first picked five eight, but just to kind of beef up other positions, I just can't seem to fit a Cleary Hines and Brown and the two gun fullbacks. So it's like if I was to run Brown, I would have to drop the two eight hundred k plus fullbacks, and I am just not willing to do it at this stage. Although it is going to be a nervous like watch at the start, not having him. Uh, Jake, do you currently have Dylan Brown?
1: I I kind of in the same boat as you. I kind of he was my, one of my first players picked, just the way that he kind of I'm not saying that, but he really hurt Para's chances last year with, with his dumb moment costing eight weeks and all that. So I think yeah, he does have a thing to prove. I think Parra have a thing to prove. Um and I think he's probably the most consistent 5'8 um in terms of scoring. He's got like a 50 base, um heaps of attack. But again, he's it's the kind of fitting him in and around your team. If you can go down to someone, then it's, I guess, a bonus. I've kind of been tossing up maybe a bit of Cameron Munster um, with the five eights. I'm not too keen on kind of any of these mid guys. We've kind of lost, We've lost potentially lost Jaden uh, Campbell um, for the opening rounds, which is kind of a bit of a, a hit on that mid value guy. Um, I don't see too many else in there. So I think going a gun, locking down 5.8 and not having to really worry about, like I said, a few teams out there going really cheap, having two cheap 5.8s. I'm like, you're going to be banking 30 points each week and not not being able to move off them f- for a while. So I think my move is either going to, like, it's pretty much Brown or potentially Munster. Annoying that he has an early buy, but I think going a gun early... Um, is, is what I'm thinking of doing. What about you, Mikey? You seem to be in the boat of going a gun five eight.
0: I'm i I'm glad you're thinking that because I'm the total polar opposite. The more I've thought oh. about it, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of mid-ranger guys that people are sleeping on because they think they need a gun and I don't think you need a gun. Um, look, I wouldn't steer anyone off selecting Dylan Brown or Munster because I did have Munster in my side last week. Purely because of his ownership. His onus is absolutely ridiculous. He's at 7%. What scared me off Munster was the early buy um, compared to some of these other guys. And the main thing is like, shit, I needed to beef up my center wing. It's going to be a problem. Easy to shift 200K and take a mid-range of 5.8. I'm going to take a mid-range of 5.8 that I think is going to score well. And the main t- reason I want to do this tactic is I'm not picking KO weeks. I know just suggested on his podcast saying he was the number one best cheaper they have in Supercoach at the moment could be more wrong. I think they're going to struggle. There's going to be lots of changes in the Raiders' side. And I just, like, we struggled to score at fullback for Manly, even when starting. Like, I, if I'm wrong, it's not going to be hard for me to go out and purchase him. But I really don't think he's going to be um, an option. I'm, I'm all, before, look, there's a, there's a lot for us to talk about. But firstly, you know, Dylan Brown, I guess if you have him, you can just, everyone that doesn't have him, I'm going to be looking to get him at some point. But... As I said, you've got to kind of balance your team if you're carrying all these other guns. And the fact I'm running two-gun halves is why I um, Yeah, so the Eels, we already talked about their draw. I think if I could afford him, Dylan Brown, number one. Munster definitely at number two at that 7%. Um, going on, we say it all the time, I think he has a lot to prove. He said he was very disappointed with how he went last season. Um, price at seven twenty-eight. If I've got to pick between the two of them, I was picking Munster because just the extra 50K and... It's 10% less ownership. ownership. Um, But let's swing to the mid-ranger that I currently have. Um, I'm actually quite surprised to see his ownership. It's a bit higher than what I thought. Um, I've gone down to Ezra Mam. Now, I know you might think it's a bit of a crazy pick. Um, Well, 21% of coaches agree with me. He's not locked in. Um, I was really, we did kind of briefly discuss Jaden Campbell, but I wasn't really keen on him. I really wanted to see how the Titans go in that injury and eagle. I just put a red line through him. Um, Ezra Mann, 532. Um, the Broncos do have a pretty tough draw. Um, we have already previously discussed that. Um, they start with the Roosters, Bunnies, Panthers, Cowboys, and then the Storm. But they don't have a bye for, till round 13. So you get almost 12 rounds out of the Broncos. And the thing with Mam, it's not just... This is going in his third season. easy. i just picking him on ability. There's always that random half that just goes on a run, and he goes great. And to be honest, like, look how he performed in that grand final. This kid is just getting better and better. And th- I think the price is right. I think there's potential in there. Although some people might think with the loss of Farnsworth and Flegler that they're going to go downhill. I disagree. So at the moment for all these other mid-ranger guys, I like him a bit more just purely based on an appealing and a bit of a gut feeling. What do you think on Ezra uh, Man, Jake? I,
1: I, I don't know. I've kind of been a bit perplexed at why his ownership is so high. I guess the fact he carved up in the grand final um, he's a you know, such like a gun uh, in terms of NRL um, and, and, and what we kind of see. So I can see why everyone's jumping on him. The rest of the, the guys around that price to kind of be like, man, they have been like that for the last five years. Um, the only thing I get, I guess you are banking on is Ezra Mann kind of having a, a breakout early in the season. Um, the last two years he's averaged what he's what his price at. He's averaged 55. Um, he scored, what, I think 14 or 15 tries last year. So it's not like he's you can expect his try scoring to improve to get that extra, you know, 30 points um uh, f- for each game So I don't know I, I don't see as much value As what 21% Ownership um, is showing He had What three scores over 70 last year So he doesn't exactly I think the high score was 82 So he does uh, if you take out the grand final He probably scored 120 in the grand final But the, in terms of just The normal season He didn't have really that much of a ceiling His high score was 82 so I don't know, I, I I looked at him, I was like, you know, I can go down to him, go with the pack, go with the 21%, but I'm just not seeing it. I I, I see the Broncos regressing, I guess, from last year. So much of their attack comes from Reece Walsh, rather than, I guess, Ezra Mann. He's kind of, I guess, a bit of a running running 5'8", doesn't quite have the base, does rely on attacking stats. As I said, 14 tries last year, and he's still only averaging what, 53, 55, so... I mean, I can't knock anyone going him. but I don't think he's going to go backwards in any way. I think he's still going to get what you're getting from the last couple of years, but I don't see as much value as what 21% ownership is showing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. The main thing is just, as I said, ability, he's young. Yeah, that's what he's done in the past two seasons, but it's a small sample size. It's his rookie season, his second season, and I feel like he's just going to get more and more involved and... Although I think the Broncos might not be as good as they were last year, they've still got those breakout players, and he's the kind of guy that can make something out of nothing. And it's just, as I said, the price is right to be able to splash. And say you take a punt on him, you get it wrong. There's lots of these. I feel like there'll be another mid-ranger that'll stick their hand up and go, I can switch to them, like a did and a Brooks or a Matt Burden, who I think are all viable options at 5'8", around the mid-price if you're looking for a mid um, I've paired him who I believe to be the better borderline cheapie over weeks, uh, is Aiden Caesar. Now I know Aiden Caesar, so 345. It's kinda why if I'm running a mid-ranger, I don't want to be running KO weeks with him. I think that's too risky because I need to be able to switch between the two. Some people might be put off with the Tigers by their first round buy. I'm I'm not. Um Say uh, you got Ponga in your team. He's got a nice matchup. But there's a few good captaincy options. So having, you know, if Ponga goes nuts, I've already got my VC loophole ready to go. And once that's done, his buys are over and done with. His first buys over and done with. He's got the goal kicking. I think the Tigers are going to improve. And some people go, oh, he's not going to score enough points. I think for 345, it's... It's worth the punt. I think he's undervalued and he'll make a little bit of money and might even turn into a bit of a play if the Tigers somehow surprise everyone and start to string a few games together, which I personally don't think is totally out of the question. Um, He's got a goal kick and, as I said, is an experience head. I think it's exactly what the Tigers need. What do you think on Aiden Caesar, Jake?
1: Yeah, I don't mind Caesar at all. I mean, I definitely prefer him over KO weeks, um, I think, job security-wise. It's just forking over that extra, I guess, 140-ish K or whatever whatever the difference is. Um, But, yes, I think the Tigers are going to be a very attacking side. Uh, Benji's in there. He's going to put his own spin on it. We saw what the 2005 Tigers did. They just attacked and their their thing was we're going to score more points than whatever the other team scores rather than trying to defend it. So I think they're going to be high-scoring games for Tigers and as a halfback goal kicker, potentially goal kicker, we don't know if – Horaceau or someone else goal kicks. Um, th- that's what you kind of want as a halfback, especially at what three thirty k. So um, I guess the the real crappy thing is doesn't play around one. But like you said, VC loop you can use him, and there's there's your VC loop done. Um, I much prefer him over a lot of uh, a lot of people going Kyle Flanagan. I much prefer Caesar over Kyle Flanagan. We've seen plenty of years of, of Flanagan. He's don't he won't be goal kicking. Um, he's in. He's gone from the Bulldogs to the Dragons, who are probably the exact same in terms of level. So I don't see much improvement in him. So I think Caesar is in terms of the cheapy options. Um, I think he's probably the, the best option out of a lot. Um, and if you can, I guess cover that in costs going weeks to to Caesar. Um, I like it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like 13, only 13% owned. And the thing with Caesar compared to like a Flannel and stuff like that is think about who the 5'8's going to be. Like, do they, how good's their kicking game? Who's going to be running off him? So, you know, the Tigers got guys like Papa and they, they just, their pack's starting to really beefing up. And like, I'm thinking with guys like that, Seeds has got a nice short ball and to all those kind of guys. And, um, you know, look at, look at in the past, he's never been a gun or a super coach, but he's definitely done a lot. You know, he's done enough to, to determine that he's a little bit underpriced. Um, I know he's getting towards the back end of his year, but you see some of these guys come in late and just go on a bit of a run at the end of their ke- career, like Peter Wallace did. And some of these guys, I just think it's exactly what, as I said before, the Tigers need. So, yeah, 345, I'm happy to lock him in for the time being. Um, so, you're saying
1: that Caesar's going to go and play uh, dummy half to a Peter Wallace?
0: Nah. I I doubt it Uh, I think what they need right now is a half No, definitely not
1: And sorry, just to correct myself It's only a 70k um, difference between Caesar and Weeks So it's definitely not as much as as what I thought
0: It's not that much There's a world where Weeks goes out there and loses money And I guess yes. uh, the oh, yes. the strat ongoing Caesar is say he does kill it. And a lot of people just wait and see because he's got the buying round one is then that will be a trade. Everyone makes him round four. And while people are doing that, if you jumped on and it went well, you can do something else when it comes to that, because we know how important the round three and the round four are because you're trying to jag all these guys because all their money is starting to go up or down. So it's going to be uh, pretty critical. Um, so, yeah, we definitely determined one and two, Dylan Brown and Munster, and then we've got all these, you know, plethora. You mentioned him before and kind of started the podcast. Um, Luke Brooks, realistically, for my mid-range spot, it's um, Ezra Mam and Luke Brooks. I'd be very interested to see if Sads is eyeing him off, as I know Sads has always had a little thing for Brooksy, owned him quite a few years in, uh, like, past years with the Tigers, and now he moves over to, to the club he supports. So, yeah. Um, We'll go with your thoughts first, Jake. 560K, Jewel. I know that doesn't really come into much handy if you're fully stacked in the halves uh, with the halfbacks only. Um, 9.3% owned. Uh, what do you think about Brooks coming over from the Tigers to the Eagles?
1: Well, I mean, in NRL point of view, I think it's a great move for Brooks. I think it's a great move for Manly. Um, he's definitely an upgrade in terms of creativity over Josh Schuster, who's, again, injured. Um can't take too much out of the trial. They walloped to third grade south side, what, 68-6 to six or something. Brooks had two try assists early and then went and sat on the bench for the rest of the game. But um, he's going to be attacking that left side. I still think most of the points will come from Turbo. You can probably expect, you know, a few try contributions from Brooksy, just, you know, throwing it out the back to, say, Turbo, who scores or sets up a try. Um but Brooks, like for each season, he's averages over 50 pretty much every season in a Tigers team that has run last the last two years. Um, I, I expect Manly to, like we were saying last week, if Turbo's fit, Manly potentially a top four side. Um, so there's definitely improvement in terms of um, the points around Luke Brooks, um, the team around Luke Brooks. Uh, so I can definitely see him improving. I reckon that's. I don't think Sams will go him, um, but I mean, I who knows? He ha, he's had a thing for him the last couple of years when he's been at the Tigers, and I don't know. He's a, he's a sneaky one. He's a lot higher owned than I thought. I think the fact that he's going in a new team, everyone's like, all right, mid ranger, new team, will go this guy. But I don't know. Like you said, I, in terms of that mid range guys, he's definitely an option, and I do like it. Um as even a, a a pod to Ezra Man, if you're going the Ezra Man route?
0: Yeah, look, I'm very on the fence between the two. And as I said, I've just got Man plugged in, but I could see a world where I could go to Brooks. I'm very, like, the more and more I think about him, it could definitely work. I think the scariest part, you hit the nail right on the head, is the Tommy Turbo factor. You're right, you're going to see a little bit more tri contributions. But as you said in the Tigers, like, He's still averaged pretty strongly. I think the Manly move is going to be really great for his career. Um, I think he's going to really fit right well in with um, Travoy, um, Sorry, with uh, Cherry Evans. And if you're not owning Tom, um, which I'm not at this stage, you know, I've got all of a sudden I've got Jackson Paul, I've got Luke Brooks. I've got a bit of a share in there. You know what I mean? And um, I still think you will see him, um, Jackson, Triassus and attacking stats. And you could say he's you know, definitely got a world where he, he could light it on fire and, you know, really kind of match some of these other 5-8 options. So, um, and as you said, like 12% in ownership difference. So, he's definitely one I want to, like, realistically, I want to stop chop change until I see more trials and see these first-grade teams, Um, see how they perform. But definitely, I think out of the mid-ranges around that price, the two better ones are definitely uh, Brooks and, Brooks and Mam are the two that I'm kind of eyeing off. Uh, but it'll be yeah, an, an interesting uh, wait and see, I think. Um, two other mid-rangers that I briefly mentioned. Um, Matty Burden. He's another one that, you know, you're trying to, uh, you going no, I'm not keen. But then if you think about it, there is a world where he is an option. Uh, Bulldogs, they've signed heavily yet again. Um do they get better? Uh, does Crichton start at fullback or does he start left-centre? And do we see a burden, Crichton, and kick-out combination on the left um, and create that, you know, an, it's like a reunion on that left edge there. Uh, oh, good old you get a Panthers, back together,
1: right? Like gang.
0: I know it's a pretty obvious one, but there is a world where that could work out. Um, the price isn't too bad. I think if their draw was a lot better, it's I'd be more all over it. The first three is, you know, bunnies, roosters, para, and then they go dragons, Panthers. So it kind of makes you go, kind of puts you off a little bit. Uh, first by round 13 is also great. Um, does he, is he's, he's their goal kicker still, isn't
1: he? I don't know. So we don't, he was at the end of last year, but I reckon Crichton's the one that could goal kick for him. I think take yeah. the goal kicking responsibility off Burton to, you know, run the team, give it to a, Center or fullback. I, I I don't know if it was true, but I read somewhere that Blake Taff is apparently going to um, be the starting fullback for him. Which
0: yeah, that's what I think too. But yeah, obviously, free to yeah. So you're right, and there's they've got plenty of goal kickers. Taff can also goal kick, so I really think if Burden does start with it, like he's not the greatest sharpshooter. His percentage isn't out of this world. Like, it doesn't mean he holds it all the time. But all of a sudden, you put a goal kick in five eight in the court. Like, obviously, he costs an extra. Points. He costs an extra 26k more than Brooks. But if you think the Bulldogs are going to, you know, shock and start real well against these tougher clubs where, let's be honest, like the Roosters have started so poor at the start of these seasons, it might look like a tough draw on paper, but, you know, Bulldogs could definitely beat him in round two. The A lot of the surprises happen at the start of the season. I think so you might really be looking good. at
1: the wrong draw here, Mikey, because Bulldogs okay. go para, Sharks, uh, Titans, South. I think you might
0: have been. Uh, the, I, I'm looking at the Tigers, bit, you're right. A bit
1: far ahead, yeah.
0: Yeah, sorry. It's Parramatta Sharks, Titans, Bunnies, Roosters. So it's still Bunnies and Roosters in their uh, first first five, um, in Parramatta. So the British have got a very similar starting draw to the season before. Ah, uh, yeah. Sharks. The Sharks is a tough one because they got to go to Cronulla to play that, and then the Titans. So yeah, see, it's, the draw scares me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I think draw doesn't really. I draw, kind of, I guess it does help if you're versing the lower <laughs> sides, but. Being a lower Especially side,
0: taking a mid-ranger.
1: Yeah, being a lower side, the Bulldogs, it's it's just going to be if you think they're going to be better attackingly than what they were last year and the year before. Um, I expect them to improve. They've got Critter now. Um, they've got a bit more, um, I guess, games under their belt um, of some of these players. So I think the Dogs will be better than last year. I expect them to be setting the world on fire, but uh, Burton definitely is an option around that price. But again, I, I think I'd prefer, even though I was kind of knocking him before and, and Ezra man for what, 50 K less um, on a much better side.
0: Which is my thought process. Just we've seen what Mem can do with the side that he hasn't, you know, we, even though the Bulldogs have signed pretty well, I do expect the Broncos to be a bit ahead of them. So yeah, I guess you'd probably rather a team that you think is going to perform a lot better. Um, yeah, well, the last. There's not too many you more did, five, you, eight, you
1: mentioned one when you were kind of talking was Tom Dearden. You
0: mentioned which you is the last one, no one that I move. wanted to cover. Yeah, that's the last one um, I wanted to cover.
1: The thing with Tom Dearden, he's kind of he goes in patches. He's he can have two brilliant games, scoring tons, and then the next week he scores eleven. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna be back. That's he's a player you kind of look at draw. How do you think the Cowboys are going to go? And you go, all right? Yeah, Tommy did And I guess it depends on what other shares you have in, in the Cowboys as well. If you have Which say drink water, I wouldn't be going. I wouldn't be going a did as well. I wouldn't be going heavy on their on their attack if you've already got one of their main pieces. So I guess,
0: yeah, exactly right. But, but the thing down, with right, the Cowboys is they've got that nice starting draw. He's been given the captaincy that could hinder him or it could just amplify him. He's another one that's just getting better and better. And they go Dolphins, Knights, Dragons in the first three weeks. Like, he could go on a nice little, little tear up there. And as I said last week, like, the Cowboys stay in Queensland for, uh, yeah. Seems like first forever. Five. So yeah, the first five weeks, uh, they don't leave. So uh, they stay in Queensland the first five rounds. He's a guy that you'd want to just, you know, if you smash those first for this first five rounds, and you could jump off him to a better 5'8 when he starts, not to. But, um, yeah, I definitely think the top three best mid-rangers are those guys. Um, that's excluding Jaden Campbell. I think if Jaden Campbell starts, he's got that full-back spot. He's cheaper than all of them. Then I think, obviously, he becomes a bit more of an option with his draw too. But at this rate, yeah, I'm rating the guys that I think are going are gonna to start. Um, it's probably one guy that maybe we should just briefly mention. As I said, we're not going to go over many halfbacks, so... Let's uh, Cody Walker, three point five percent. I did look at him over before I had Munster in my side. Um, three point five percent. He's always an option every every year. Um, he's another kind of guy that's a bit of a headache to own, but I've owned him so many times. Um, Manly Broncos, Roosters. It's a tough draw.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I, I read somewhere toys. that he's in a bit of injury doubt for round one as well.
0: Um, oh, the Bunnies, I don't I, know what's happening in their places. I here. think he'll be fine.
1: I think he'll be fine to go. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he's a player that I always – he always finds uh, – Every I always seem to get him when he's kind of seems to be at, at his um, trough, like his bottom price, just get him before he's on that run. Um, so I'm hoping to hopefully do the, do the same this week. I won't be starting with Cody. They've got a tough run south, so I'm happy to try and uh, wait for him to, I guess, plateau out in price and pick him up when he's about to take off.
0: Yeah, which, which is an interesting point. I guess it just depends on which teams uh, decide to perform. But he's going to be an option at some point. And if you wanted to think, you know, Bunnies are going to show redemption, they're just going to come firing, which realistically, you know, you could see him. They could win the manly game. If they start really hot, they could win. I could see him winning all first five if they start on. And if they do, Cody Walker's going to be on fire. But you see too many times where if they get bullied by the other side, then he's going to have a really low score. And at 700K, if, you know, you're deciding to do that and you're taking two-gun halfbacks and the two-gun fullbacks, you're leaving another position short. So that's the main reason why if I'm going to start with the gun five eight, it's going to be Walker oh, – sorry, it's going to be Brown or Munster I have a bit more faith in those guys. And,
1: uh, and I guess
0: with, with, I
1: guess, going Cody, uh, what we kind of mentioned at the start of the show, he'll play in that round zero you won't be able to downgrade him to make money for, for the rest of it. And he was kind of someone that you can, I guess, sacrifice, go down to Ezra Mann, or can't go down to Ezra Mann. But so, um, was not many options, actually. They all pretty much play around that first in Vegas. You've got, what, Man Brooks um, all play there. So, you know, Burton did and whatever. If you want to downgrade it, you won't be able to because they'll be locked in. So, you have to find your money.
0: The only difference is if you I'm happy to start with man over a guy like Walker because it's 170k less. Yeah. So you're still that's why I don't I don't mind like the mid range. I'm not saying don't start with these first four teams of course not. But I just mean like that that's a perfect example there. 700k for Cody Walker as like, you know what I mean. I'm not really going to look to drop my mid range 58 the next week. Yeah. To no. I was I'd only you know might think we shit I should upgrade it. But um, let's move on from the 58. Um as we do, the whole thing's been plugged the whole time. The overall code, jump in, 281-645. Um, I'm not 100% sure what the prizes are. Um, I'm sure Sabs has announced it or will announce it. We'll get that information for you guys next. Um, all right, very vanilla. All the podcasts probably offering, very similar advice. Um, look, we know who the best two options are, including Heinz, and I know the same thing might be wrapped, but is there... If there's a world where you were only going to start with one of them, which one would it be, Jake?
1: As a, Sharks, a Sharks fan, win. it'll be Nico Hines. No, I think, I think in terms of draw, they both have an early buy, but just the Sharks draw, I think Nico's the one I would choose to start with, and he somehow has less ownership. Clear he's 42% own. Nico Hines 33% and I guess people are saving about 60k in cash, but I think, yeah, Nico Hines I think's the one um, that I would start with, friendly draw, Panthers' tough draw. I know it doesn't matter for Cleary, but where they're not putting 40 points on, say, the Dogs or someone, they're only putting, I don't know, 24 on whoever they're playing. So, um, yeah, I think Nico, if I could only choose one, would be my go-to. I you, Mike, you're probably the other way around.
0: No, I'd probably if I had to choose one, it would be Nico Um yeah, the starting draw. Uh, but there's no way, like, I feel like you've got to have both these guys, plug them in your side, don't give yourself a heart attack and just have them in there, don't stress, and that's, that's it, done. Um, 42% for Cleary, 33.5% for So the majority seem to think the other way to what we're thinking, Jake. But I guess for the people thinking to only start with one of them, I guess their plus to this is the Sharks have a buy in round five, Panthers have a buy in round six first, after your first four rounds, those first two weeks, you're going to have 1.8 million of your cap and only have, you're going to have about 900k, depending on how much they lose in that first, if they do lose any. You're going to have 900k sitting on your bench for two weeks, and you're only going to have two of those high scorers missing out. When normally, if they're in there, it's 85 points. That's probably, like, let's just say roughly. So that's about 85 points that you could be losing out on each week, where another guy might have two firing halfbacks. Um, but, In the end of the day, like, I just don't know if that risk outweighs the reward. Like, to me, I'm just like, I'll take that cop one week. I think that halfback on that week can do enough to keep it rolling. And I think, obviously, as the percentages show, that um, the majority will be in similar positions. But I definitely can see the guys looking outside of that. You know, I I totally understand their thought process. Do you think the same, Jake?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at over a first five uh, or first six rounds, you got to think clear he's probably averaging 10 points a game more than the next best half, or the, next, the third best halfback, um, for instance. Over five over the five weeks that he's playing, plus your 30 points for your, your play-out, that's what, uh, f- like 50 points plus whatever the your, your other guy's getting. Let's say 80 points. So the difference is being made up by Nathan being there, um and then whoever you're subbing in anyway. So you're kind of covering whatever option you're going anyway. Um, And going, Nathan, you're, you know, saving yourself for a potential 180 score against anybody. Um, And I guess the same thing for for Nico Hines. They're both players that can go 200 plus. Um, And by having them, you're avoiding, like you said, the nightmare of having to watch them.
0: Exactly. Uh, So that's why realistically in here, these are kind of minor, as I said, mine and Jake's. We're not going to really dive into the rest because I think you'd be making a great mistake if you don't have these two guys. But let's play, you know, the other side of the coin here. If you were going to select another halfback, who are you selecting? Jake?
1: I would, I would go, if my 5'8 was not Dylan Brown, would go Mitch Moses. Um, I like Paris draw, 220K less. Um, Kick skulls. Yeah, and we kind of mentioned um, last week if going Guthrie was a thing, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want two of say Moses Brown Gutherson in my side. I, I would like one, and I think that's kind of one way to say get off Brown, go to a Pod five eight, um, and having part of Parramatta's um, attack in Mitch Moses as well. So. Mitch Moses would be the one if I don't go Cleary. And at the moment, I've actually plugged Moses in just to see what I can do with my side if I don't go um, Cleary. Um, so I, like Moses, it's either going to be yeah, Cleary or Moses. I, I was tossing up earlier on about Sam Walker. We saw, I, I like what I saw at the end of last year when he kind of came back from injuries, back from being dropped. Um, but the Roosters have around four by... Um, tough draw as well, and he won't goal kick. So I was going to make meh.
0: The Eels don't have a bite around nine, and in those two weeks where Hines and Cleary will be missing each week, uh, they w- the Parramatta would play Canberra and the Cowboys. So you know what I mean? There is a world where he could set the world on fire. If Parramatta start really hot. They could kick some goals. They're at home for three of the first five weeks, and realistically – the first four weeks, they're not really—they're not going to have much travel because in round two, their only away game in the first four rounds is against the Panthers at you know, at Penrith. So, realistically, they're only traveling half an hour for that. So, they—they they could come out of the boxes firing, and they're saying you they're like, I could see a world where that works. Like if you were really, really struggling, you know, you plugged in like a Tom Turbo, you get to the next uh, after rounds zero, you go shit. I need cash to fix my team. There could be a world where you go, I'm going to go crazy, clear it down to Moses, 200K, and boom, and then just kind of use that to fix Is it a crazy move? Yes. Is it a move that might need to be in your back pocket to use? Yeah, it might be. But I've got a guy a bit cheaper than that that I kind of really like, and I know there's a few other podcasts that have been a little bit very on him. it's um, Sam Walker for the Roosters, um, 610K, had all that debacle last season where he's dropped. I think he's way past that. I think this is going to be his breakout year that we've been waiting for. Um, Roosters, obviously they're one of those teams that do start in the round zero. Uh, but you know, they start with the Broncos and they go Manly, Roosters, Penriff, Bulldogs. Uh, they don't have a buy all the way till if I'm right, I think it's round fourteen.
1: Yeah, fourteen.
0: Yeah, I think it's around fourteen. So it's a pretty late buy for Sam Walker. If he's not in the origin, he's going to be able to help you for that first buy. Um, good to see. I can see world where he's an option. Don't really think he's going to lose too much money at that price. And risk got a really good side. Um, I'm not sure if he'd be on um Dominic Young's side. But we don't guess, we don't even know, know where Dominic really...
1: Young's going to play. That's that's the thing. We don't know if he's going to go left wing. If they keep Dupo there, if he plays centre, if he goes right wing, yeah. I kind of don't really know the roosters' makeup of where Dom
0: Young fits. Yeah, because one of one of Billy Smith, Young or Tupou don't have to make it, and to see after them re-signing Billy Smith this week, I, I'd see a world where Tupou doesn't even start, which I know is crazy, but it really could be the choice. So um, they really they've got a very good backline, and they're going to have to leave one very good guy that would get a start in most other sides out. So um, yeah, I, I do I do like uh, Sammy Walker at that price. Um, Sean Johnson, seven hundred and ninety-three thousand, six percent owns. That is a very expensive like he did amazing last year. And I don't think he's gonna regress. But if I wasn't starting cleary, I prefer to to bank myself at least two hundred K and go two to three hundred K and go one of these other options. If I was going to be crazy and not do that, I want it to really help my side, which is kind of why I'm wanting not go with Johnson. Um what do you think about Sean Johnson, Jake?
1: Yeah, I, I don't see him repeating the of how good he was last year. I think he's definitely overpriced. Um, and again, I like we kind of said, I'd rather spend an extra hundred k and go Cleary or get an extra hundred k and go someone you know Moses or three hundred k and go down to, to Walker. Um, yeah, Johnson's. I, I don't really see him as as an option at all for me. Um, I, I See the Warriors not being as good as they were last year. I think I said similar things last um, last week. So I think going their half back. I mean, he's really getting on in age. He kind of went about the clock last year, but I don't see the same thing from him this year.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I'm not going to really spend much on these guys, but Jerome Hughes and Daly Cherry Evans both under two percent owned, and then both one uh, Cherry seven uh, hundred eighty two thousand, Hughes is seven hundred twenty two thousand. Both ballsy moves, Hughes early by, Cherry Evans. We talked plenty about Manly. There could be a world where Cherry Evans lights it on fire if the Manly start hot and at 1.9%. You know, I can't really talk any people off those guys except kind of the early buy with Hughes compared to like, if you're going to cop an early buy with Hughes, I'd rather cop an early buy with Cleary or Hines. Um, maybe the last one we should talk about because we didn't talk about him in 5.8 is from the Sharks. Braden Trindle, no Manny Boylan factor there. It's a bit hard if you already have Hines, but he is a jewel. So if you kind of didn't want to have Caesar, or you didn't have to have weeks, you could pluck Trindle in at your second 5'8 spot. Um, 439000 very good draw to start the year. I personally think he's definitely on the price and a bit of money to make, but uh, what do you think about Trindle, Jake, being sharky?
1: Yeah, he might make some money, but he's he's not really a focal point in the Sharks' attack or scoring at all. It's going to come... From Hines, it's going to go through Kennedy and it's going to go straight to their edges um, or back row. And we, Trindle played a little bit at the end of last year. He scored okay. Um, he was probably averaging maybe around the 50 mark, but he did, I think he scored a couple of tries as, as well in there, um, which I don't, I don't know. He just kind of seems a guy that's going to plot along, not make a whole lot of cash. So it's going to be difficult to get off him. And I guess you don't want to double up on um the only place you if you got Hines, you'd only put him at say five eight or have a dual five eight as a uh, half back at five eight as well. So you can kind of swap him to cover that round five when sharks have the bye, otherwise you're gonna be without two of your halves. Um, and it's gonna be quite painful in that week. But yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd see the same sort of output from him is what we got at the start start of the year from Moylan. A couple of good games where he gets a try and a try assist, but you're not gonna be expecting a lot. A lot of the points come from Hines, um, and they're not re- not really going to spread out um, into into 5-8 in Trindle.
0: Yeah, I think that's all a fair point. Um, That kind of wraps up our half segment. As I said, we're not really focusing as much on the cheapies, just, you know, kind of try and jam-pack them in. Um, Going over to the hookers, so uh, another one that we're probably not going to spend too much time on, uh, probably the first part, so obviously we've got the very popular mid-range picks in Jaden Bradley and Brendan Hand's Uh, Jaden Braley is the highest-owned in the hooker department at 39%, even higher than the probably the number one in that position, Harry Grant, at 27.4%. Uh, Brennan Hands is 13.5%. Um, they're definitely both options. Uh, Braley, obviously, you know, we don't know if he's going to start over Phoenix Crosland. How many minutes is he going to play with that? I think you've got to have one of them, obviously. Um, and then Brennan Hands, like we've been told there's an 80-minute hooker. So if he wins that, you take him for eighty minutes, um, or you take Joey Lussick for eighty minutes. But then again, we don't know. Like they might go with Dejan Arsic. We don't. He's not guaranteed for. We're, we're not. We're not guaranteed. Although Brad Arthur has said he wants that. So, first part, I'm going to hand it to you because I know these guys are both options. Is there a world where, if you need to make the money, could you see yourself? Do you think you could start with both Brayley and Brennan Hands, or do you think you're going to fall into a bit of a pit uh, and give yourself some problems early on?
1: You could very well fall into a pit if one of them, you know, hands or gets injured, and then you're kind of stuck with two, three hundred or mid three hundred guys. But they do seem a quite popular option going the, the double cheap to mid range guys in Braley and whatever Paramount hooker gets at the start. Um, I, I've got that there at the moment. Um, I
0: and thought I, you might. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, apart from Harry Grant, hooker's a bit they all kind of do the same thing and they just plot along. It's just whether one gets more minutes than the other that they're making more tackles. Um, another guy who I guess is could be an option, another 80-minute hooker potentially, is Jacob Little. Um, but again, that's a, the Dragons low side. He's going to be making a hell of a lot of tackles. And I guess with, with Little, um, low ownership, a little bit more pricey than the other two. So just going one of these guys, banking 100K, you can spend that elsewhere. But again, it does come with risk. Getting off them if hands disappears or they go back to two hookers at Parramatta. Uh, Jaden Braley, you know, has a... I expect early to be timeshare with Phoenix Crossland, um, but I think once he kind of eases back into match fitness, Braley will kind of take over more minutes and Phoenix Crossland will go into that, uh, that Kurt Mann sort of lock roll. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of risk having two cheaper guys at the same position, but if they're going to be getting decent minutes, I'm happy to cop their 50 points um, each week.
0: Yeah, look, um, I definitely have looked at it and had a look at what I could do with the extra 300k if I did do that. But I've just got to, you can't leave yourself with too many traps in each position. And if I'm taking risk with a mid range five and all that, it's kind of why I just want to plug a gun in there and. I really had a look at it. I did have Harry Grant for some time, and we're both gonna. We're not gonna really dive into Harry Grant because he's definitely the best hooker option. And if you just want to not worry about your gun hooker spot, grab him. But on the flip of the coin, uh, my hooker twelve point three percent owned. Not surprised. Six hundred thirty nine k. Jeremy Marshall King, and I, I I like him so much. Like to be honest with you, it's the main reason why I'm not rubbing the double hooker combos because. I think the time the Dolphins are going to come out firing, they've got Cowboys, Dragons, Titans, um, Tigers. He has an early buy like um, Harry Grant, so he's got a buy in round three, which then I can rely on uh, Jaden Braley hopefully to do the job as I've picked him for now over hands. Um, But, yeah, I I, I like Jeremy Marshall King, got injured last season. Uh, We saw what he could do. Um, Had such a focal point in there in attack, and as while their halves are still... Getting I think he's to demand the same thing. He can play eighty minute hook like eighty minutes at hooker. And I still think his minutes are going to be good. I think he's going to get better and better. Um and I'm very I've never owned him, very excited to start the season and you know, go with him. Um if I'm really, really struggling for money in that round one, I definitely could see myself really hard looking at the double hooker thing as an emergency plan. But yeah, the more and more I look at JMK, like I don't own a Dolph or oh, other than Bostock, I don't really I wanted to kind of own someone in their spine. Uh, and, yeah, for now, I've got him penciled in. Uh, do you like JMK, Jake?
1: Uh, I do. I did the um, hooker podcast with Sav's probably now a month ago. Um, and apart from Harry Grant, our, our next guy was JMK. Uh, we rattled off at the start of last year. He was averaging the same as Harry Grant. Um, it was only kind of injuries towards the middle and back end of the season that kind of dropped him off. Many he wasn't playing... Um, Full games, so he heard, heard his average, which I guess helps this year, means he's had a lower average, lower price. So what he could have been. Um, the one thing is coming off that shoulder surgery. I don't know if, I don't know how the Dolphins line up if they carry an extra hooker on the bench um, and, and spell him because he's coming back. But I guess you could say the same thing about Braley and that's what we're going to expect. It's just I guess an extra three hundred k.
0: But probably be Nick to be honest with you.
1: You don't reckon he will start on oh, no. a or Katoa? Yeah, Katoa will probably start and then yeah. on the bench.
0: Yeah, you don't know. I reckon he could jump on the bench and then covers obviously a few more positions. So it's <laughs> yeah. um, too late to see yet, yeah. but yeah, but it, be yeah, yeah. Right. If,
1: if we're gonna get eighty minutes of JMK last year, he he started off so well, um, and he was kind of a one that everyone kind of wished they started with, but but didn't, and yeah, he could very well improve on what he did last year. As long as that shoulder's good and he's going to be getting that 80 minutes a game, then, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the selection. And I guess if if you were to go down, is there another option around that price in hooker that you would go, or you'd go straight down yeah. to a double mid-range price, Mikey?
0: Yeah, no, there, there's one guy that I would, um, just before I do mention that, uh, JMK is half the ownership of Harry Grant and did free up 100 and. 10K from doing so. Um, I guess, yeah, if he really – like, if he does fail and there is problems with that injury, it's not going to be hard for you to go down to one of the mid-rangers, like at 300K, and then all of a sudden you've got this money to burst onto a gun that you might have missed out on. Uh, but, yeah, well, a guy that I did have before, James k was Reese Robson. Um, yet again, like, I, I really think the Cowboys are going to redeem themselves this year, and I really do like their – like, as I said, I like their draw, a bit of a later buy. Um, here's another one. Like, obviously, you can't have too many of these guys, uh, but, like, too many from the one side. But, yeah, with the Cowboys, Rhys Robson, 7.3%, 561. I had him as my second hooker for, you know, the whole second half of the season last year and didn't really set the world on fire. But there were some handy games where a dragon attacking sat and try and get me, like, 76, 80. Then if he wasn't doing that, he was getting 46 to 55, which – if he comes out of the gates at the start of the year and then does that, then that's not too bad. You wind back to the year before that and when they were, you know, ended up finishing the top four, he was getting tries on the regular. So if he can improve that on, you know, this year, then I think he's like round one starting price is pretty attractive. So uh, to be honest with you, that is another option for myself. But, um, yeah, I, I don't mind Reece represent at all. Uh, Jake, thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, again, he, he, he's another option for me as well. Um again, the, the podcast with Sav's early in the year, Reese Robson was the one that we we'll, we'll talking about a lot. Um, two years ago when the Cowboys went well and were flying and he, again, was getting the attacking stats, he was averaging 64, uh, 65 points. Um, down in that last year, mainly because of those attacking stats drawing up, the Cowboys not being as good. Um, so he's, I guess, 10 points down on, on, on that because he only finished at 55 average. So... He's definitely got um, points and prices to move, so that's why I kind of like him because we've seen in the past he's done it and I expect the Cowboys to be better. I expect Reese Robson to be um, better as a result of that. So, yeah, Reese Robson, I'll, if I was to go um, a more expensive option, I'd probably go Reese Robson over a JMK um, just because I, I guess it's saving a bit more money where I think... Although JMK probably has a bit more of an attacking upside, I think you're kind gonna get the similar from him um, in the in the first couple of rounds.
0: Yeah, he also obviously doesn't have a buy all the way till round sixteen, which is which is quite crazy compared to uh, JMK that has a buy in round three and when he has a buy in I think it's round three. Yeah, the, um, the Cowboys play the Dragons so uh, against his old club. So, like, they're, they're little things to take a note of. And if you probably compare the two of them in round five, I definitely could see a, a world where Robson averages more than JMK, especially because he's going to have the extra round in there. And you could save 79K by doing that. And also, uh, it's 5% in ownership difference. And now, after kind of going over that, that's, like, one that really goes, shit maybe i flip back the other way. <laughs> like, you know Now, like when, when you think about it, there, there is definitely a world and it'd be, if you're banking them to start hot. And if you really think that, you know, if like just, we've seen what they could do under their first year with Todd Payne. And if they can get back to that, then a lot of these guys can do that. Like, I think guys like Robson and Ruben Cotter, like there, there is a lot of Cowboys I'm eyeing off. And realistically, the main reason I'm, I've I've got three Cowboys as it stands. I think that's my limit. Um, I'm really hot on the Cowboys and, it might not be a good call, but I see a world where, where it is a good call. So that's kind of also why I've spread to James James K at the moment. But um, I think that's kind of where I'm going to leave it to trials. I think it's important just to see a bit of the trials. Um, look, I know we could sit here and like you know start rattling off any options all day. I'm not really keen on uh, Damien Cook or anyone. Um, I'll probably have one more that I'm happy to talk about uh, unless you've got one, Jake. Mm, we'll see
1: who you talk about For whether it's the same one I'm thinking of uh,
0: He's on the round it's, I don't want to talk about Cookie too much Or Reed Marnie But I guess there's a world where Reed money is
1: oh, I don't I, he, I got him last he year jihad. Uh, Yuck
0: yeah, you know, after see I've never seen it'd, be hard. so
1: many
0: it'd be hard to start with someone like Coruscant, 572k yeah. on the buy as your main hooker. But I definitely think he's someone that you should pin to your interest board and just keep on that radar because I think that price is right. And if this Tiger side starts to do a lot better, experience head in the halves, Coruscant can maybe, you know, just play a little bit more Harry to. where last year, he was one that was constantly, you know, getting him... Try, always trying 100% even in the games that, you know, they'll get in smashed. So now having someone like Caesar might really help his game. Um, there's a world where, you know, Coruscant might be an option at some point to jump off one of those mid range uh, you know, like a Braille or something at some point. So um, 2.7% owned, yeah, definitely can't start with him. But I think he's someone, uh, some of these Tigers you've definitely got to have on your watch list to look at to bring in before round four if they go crazy. Do you tend yeah, to agree, to- Jake?
1: Yeah, 100% agree. You've got to watch some of these guys. And I guess the annoying thing is that Tigers do have the round one bikers. Otherwise, a lot of them could really be options, um, f- f- pretty much f- most positions. So, now, the one, the one guy who's got t- all right ownership, who I'm not keen on, but a lot of people seem to be, he's, what, the sixth most owned. is Brandon Smith. Are you burnt from him last year? You're, you're, yeah. You're, I'm- you're done with the cheese?
0: I'm I'm burnt with him, and I haven't really gave much like time to think about it. But there is a world where you know he's a bit underpriced. The Roosters were pretty flat last year. If he comes back and kills it, then you know what I mean, yeah. Then it, it could be really good because he he may be a bit underpriced, but he's still got Connor Watson on the bench, don't the Roosters like he'd been a number fourteen. Like that's kind of what scares me off. There, I think he'd be a kind of guy where I could look to bring him in or. You know, for the, a guy like you, that's got if you do end up starting with those two low end options, he could be a guy you could look to bring in. If you know they're starting to fail, and just you know if they start to get your thirty fives and they're not getting any attacking such, you're going to have to look to jump off. So these guys like Brennan Smith could be achievable guys to jump off and onto because the upgrade isn't going to be too big. But um, yeah, the roosters are interesting. I currently don't have one rooster in my side, and I do think I'm going to want them at some point, but just at this rate, like, I'm very unsure with some of their options. Like, I think, you know, we'll cover it in the forwards. I'm definitely someone like C Wong starts, and I like their bench, and I will have a rooster. But at the moment, I've just kind of got question marks with, you know, who's going to perform in the roosters, and I think they're guys that I'm just going to be getting ready to jag on to. But, yeah, it's, I feel like it's a fair shout for Brendan Smith. He's only 6% owned. It's just widely because everyone seems to be on um, your number one and number two where the other percentages are – just pretty far-fetched. And what about uh, Blake? Yeah, Blake Braley, got any love for him? Seems to like never be, you never think of getting him, but he just seems to plot along at an all right rate to, you know, score an okay yeah, well, rate it, from his defense, and he plays 80 minutes.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's what it is. He's one of the few hookers that actually play 80 minutes um, every single week. So I guess the thing is, kind of on the Trindle thing, the attack doesn't really go through Braley. Uh, like, without he he can be a great attacking player, but the fact the Sharks just prefer just to shift the ball um, doesn't reward the dummy half. So you're kind of not getting as many attacking stats as you would say out of a Harry Grant where a lot of attack comes from him. Um, and I guess at Blake braley's price, um, there's a kind of guys around there that offer a bit more potential upside um, over him because I think the Sharks are going to be what they have been the last couple of years, scoring a lot of points, um, beating the bad teams, losing to the good teams. Um, so I think more of the same out of Black Brailing.
0: Yeah, that's a fair call. Um, I think that kind of wraps us up. Um, we're a better one hour. I'm, I'm happy with that. So uh, that wraps up our episode two. Um, thanks to the guys that um, got a few messages in that saying that they like the content from the first episode. So thanks so much, guys. Uh, we appreciate it. It uh, kind of makes it like, you know, Pushing to come up with this idea and doing a second one kind of, you know, gives you a bit of uh, encouragement to, you know, continue to do so. Um, so we've got one more to wrap up the rest of it, which will go second rows and front rows on the next one that we record. So hopefully uh, next week. And then, as I said, um, you know, obviously there'll be a bit more chat in these next ones with, you know, how the preseason stuff are going. Uh, we've got the World Club Challenge coming up soon. So... I think some of these games, like a charity match or these ones, you might get a better indication of how some of these players are going as they'll be starting to field some uh, stronger, stronger sides. So, um, looking forward to all of that. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Jake. Yeah, no, thanks,
1: thanks again, Mikey. It's uh, it's good good for us to get a bit of chat going, just like last week. And I know you're absolutely chumming it to bit for uh, for next for next week's one, talking about the second rowers. I know you're. Uh... <sighs>
0: Dude, I'm a guy by mid-range. You around
1: it. there. You love
0: it. Yeah, it's 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 good. And to be honest, um, imagine how hard it would be if we didn't have all these mid-range range options. I think with the lack and plethora of cheapies, we'd be utterly screwed. So I think, you know, it's, it's the way the world works and it's the way Supercoach works. So, um, yeah, my team's looking very mid-ranger and I always said there'll be a year of mid-rangers and um, if there was a year that I'm ever going to kill it in Supercoach and win it, it's going to be off the back of some excellent mid-rangers. So... That's why I'm kind of just going to roll with it. Like, you can't keep doing the same thing every year. Yeah, I, I rank top every year, but I want to go to the next level. So I'm willing to take risks. I've said this to a couple of We both want to be the team Moody. We both want to
1: be the team Moody every year. Well,
0: I'll, I'll, I'm happy to risk it at the start of the season and fall into a hole and then recover, which I've been able to do before. I'm happy to fall in a hole and recover because there's a chance where these risks that you take and do something different one year might end up in you shooting up even higher. So... That's what it's all about. Try new stuff. All right. Thanks again, Jake. And thanks, guys, for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. See you later.